to Salvation Solutions once again, where we believe that's a, that salvation is the solution to building wealth, to maintaining health, and also to uh, overcome poverty. Yes. Yes, Amen. It is. So yes, it is. I am Aviance. I'm Aramis. And I'm Damaris Johnson. Okay, so it is still voting season. Yes, it is. And a lot of people are voting early. Actually, when I came, there was a long line around the corner for voting. So any thoughts on it? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to go vote early myself. Um, uh, it, it is, I think it's critical for, for us to vote. You know, uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk about getting out to vote, everything from you know, why we should vote, and we've talked about the perversions of that, uh, and to, to voter suppression. And, you know, we talked about, you know, the prospect of if Donald Trump doesn't win, how he's going to try to – he's already said it, actually. I mean, he's pretty much set it up. You know, he's teed it up. Right. He don't win to say there was some issues. And when you say there was some uh, some ballots, they found somebody throwing away ballots. Yes. So that's all he needs. So, you know, whatever the case, we just it's, it's still I think uh, as citizens of this country, we should take advantage of the opportunity to vote. Not that I really um, believe in the out the influence or the impact practically that they have on black America. But I still think it's, it's until we really unify and come together, and we're going to talk about that, it's not really as effective as it should be for black America. Uh, I'll give you an example. I had a situation yesterday. Um, and so as the election date has been coming closer, so these different local uh, political races are heating up. Mm -hmm. And so they have people on their staff to text people, uh, I guess, who's registered. I don't know how they got my number. I really don't know. But they, they, I've been going back and forth with a couple of the uh, I'm sure they're probably be, um, you know, interns or workers for the, for the particular candidates, and they'll text you saying whatever they're saying at this particular time, really encouraging you to vote. So yesterday, uh, well, let me go back. Prior to that, I would be going back and forth with him, talking about is he for reparations? What did he? How does he feel about Black America? Let him know this is how I feel as you know as a citizen. And they've been communicating and texting me back, right? Really? And they've been, okay. been going back and forth, right? So yesterday though, they sent me a text. <laughs> It's time to make your voice heard, Damaris, with exclamation points. And I'm not, I'm going to not read who it was from. Um, and then it goes into let me know the date of the vote. And, you know, you can vote at these 30 early at these at these 33 sites. And, you know, I was I don't know. He must have texted me at the wrong time because I wasn't in the mood for be playing around. Right. <laughs> and I responded like this. Stop lying to me with an exclamation point. You know, voting does not get my voice heard, but it gets your voice heard. And you don't advocate for black America. You're not a voice for black America. As a black man, I'm voting for sure. But I must say, but I have much more to say than what me casting a vote for a lesser of the two evils will give me. Good luck. That's didn't pretty hear, much. No didn't hear sound. Didn't hear nothing. Crickets. Didn't hear nothing. Yeah. They're not going to respond to that. Exactly. Because they know it's not about my voice. It's not about my voice. Because if you want to hear my voice, then I'm talking about what, what you're going to do for black America. Right. right. This is about your voice being heard. It's just doing using those tactics to me. It's, it's like, you think I'm stupid? Like, you don't think I can think for myself? Yeah. It's not about my voice being heard. Right. Like, all, like a thousand votes or however, a hundred thousand votes, millions of votes are being casted. Everybody's voice not being heard. No. So these tactics that they use, I just, I'm just fed up with them. I'm just fed up with I them. I think it's crooked enough that, that you, you have a, a political system where they kind of pit Worst against worst. Right. And, and we're stuck choosing from a situation <laughs> right. that we're yes. going to end up dead no matter what. You know what right, I mean? Like right. it's, that, that's the most frustrating part about it. Well, and that's why we have to we have to be able to think through the candidates and their policies. 
and not and not get caught up in the emotion of it or even the allegiance that, you know, most have to either a Democratic candidate or a Republican candidate. But it really comes down to, you know, for black America, what are you going to do for black America? You know, for the country, what are you going to do specifically, you know, to help the economy? What are you going to do specifically to help the poor, the needy? How are you going to do specifically to equalize education? You know, it's, it's, we got to get specific. And as I mentioned the other day, I think that the debate that the last presidents had was probably the most information and specific that they've gotten. So, you know, again, it, it's about us, you know, taking advantage of the opportunity to vote, you know. Yeah. And that's what we got to do. I was watching something on Stars, my Stars app, and it's called Stars and Strife. You ever heard of it? Mm -mm. Okay, so the uh, the self the self def the self defense. I forgot what his name is, but he was on the Obama administration, and the one thing that he said, he said basically, I'm waiting for a candidate that's not Democrat or Republican, but a candidate that's for this country. That's what it's about, and that's what it's about. So. And and I think I think the people who are in a perfect position to um, raise up or begin to produce or um, develop candidates who aren't either Democrat or Republican is Black America, because we're the we're the the most disenfranchised when it comes to the political aspect of a nation, mm -hmm. right? We don't have a political a, a political party that's specifically for Black America, and I think we're the ones that if we can come together, and one of the things that we're going to talk about today uh, in the book, we go into the roles and responsibilities of uh, the individual nations, white, black, black America, white America, the black church, the white church. I go, I break down, you know, from the word of God, the specifics of what we should be doing. I'm to my very enlightened, very, very uh, powerful and impactful. And it'll help America as a whole. And I want to focus on the role that we talk about for black America, for the black church. There's some specific things that we have to have in place. Just like when God told Moses, go tell Israel to do this and to do this and to do this. And once they done, when they, when they, once they had done those things, they were able now to walk out with what God intended for them to have. So it's going to be the same for black America. There's going to be some things that we have to do. I go into in the book that, you know, these specific things for black America, for white America, for the black church, for the white church, for the American Congress. You know, uh, the Lord really began to show me some things governmentally, um, individually for each nation and each people group, what we need to do. And one of those things we need to do as a black America is unify and bring unity uh, politically. You know, that's one of the areas we need to, we need to unify is politically. Uh, the divide that we have is just, it just can't be if we want to see things begin to happen. Uh, for example, the going, going back to the, um, the ice cube thing when he met with Trump's people, right? And uh, out of that, meeting supposedly came them bumping up their money that they were going to give black America access to the 500 billion. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you get black America all in a, in a, in a fuss, not only about ice cube, but also about, you know, well, Donald Trump's only doing that. He's only, he's only giving us access to 500 billion to get our vote. That's what it's supposed to be about. <laughs> right. Like that. Like, right. Right. Yeah. That's called politics. <laughs> That's what politics is, but we don't know how to play the game. Yeah. Right. But that's what it's politics for a reason. Right. Like quid pro quo. That's what it's about. Mm -hmm. You get me in office, I do this for you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. But we fussing about it. We complaining about it. That's what we got to get savvy. Now, do you see a lot of a lot of people actually walking out what they say in their campaign though? Like have you well, really seen that in Very very rarely. See, be, uh, the other thing, too, when it comes to 
you know, uh, the political aspect of things. Like, I'll give you an example. The last, the last presidential debate, one of the most powerful things, responses that I thought Joe Biden had to Donald Trump. When Donald Trump kept saying to him, you know, when you was in office with Obama, when you were in Obama, when you and Obama did this, you didn't do this, Joe. You didn't do this, Joe. You didn't do that. He kept saying, when you and Obama, you, and Joe, he finally, I don't know what clicked, but he finally wised up and he said, because we had a Republican House. Right. Mm -hmm. That's it. To me, that's that. That was it. Because whatever we try to get through at that time, I think they had the House and the Senate. So whatever they try to get through, it ain't getting through. That's that's really what politics is about. Mm -hmm. So we got a black president in there in in Obama, but nothing. He tried to slide through legislation. was going through. Mm -hmm. They put it on the shelf and leave it there. So that's really the political games that that whatever president is in office face. He doesn't have. There's a few things he can take executive, de, you know, uh, decisions about. But a lot of things that policies and stuff that he want to enact, they have to go through the House and the Senate. And depending, those are really the most important races. Let's just say uh, Donald Trump wins this 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 election right now. It looks as if the rep- the Democrats are going to have the House and the Senate though. Right. He won't get nothing through. Right. Nothing he want to do will pass. So when you ask the question, a lot of the campaign promises politicians make, it's not as easy as they make it sound. Well, I'm going to do this. Wait a minute. Yeah, you got to figure out who Right. Is the Senate going to let you do that? Right. Right. So it's not as easy as they make it sound. That's, it's, it's all a game. I think actually the House and the Senate, it seems like once Obama took presidency, that's when we really didn't see any type of coming together, any type of unity between both parties. Because when you think of Clinton and Bush, right. I think they worked a little bit better. But once Obama came, they're like, oh, well, no, well, you got to divide. Well, uh, we'd have to see what who was the dominant, uh, who, who had the most votes when it came to the House. And said, I don't know right now. But a lot of that has to do with that. Like if you had a Democratic House or in a Democratic Senate, then it would have been easy for Obama and them to get all this stuff through because they would have passed it right through. But when you have a split like that, like now you got Republicans has the they have the House and or no, they might have the Senate and the Democrats have the House. That's why we get that's why we don't have a stimulus package. Now, if you have if you have both of them of the same party, they were Republican, we'd have been had a stimulus package. It might not have been as beneficial to everybody as it wanted to be, <laughs> but you would have had it because they would have passed it. Yeah. So a lot of times these politicians make all these promises, but they can't. They can't see. See, that's why the kingdom of God. Isn't ran in a democratic way. Right. It's about what the king says. Mm-hmm. But now the idea is the king is the ultimate king. He's a king for the people. Right. So we ain't got to worry about him trying to do nothing nasty or do something underhanded or do something behind the books or do something off the book. Right. We got to worry about that right. because he's God's king. We've already went over the. No, I'm sorry. That was I was in that was in the service. I wasn't on the podcast <laughs> where uh, Deuteronomy 17 defines and gives the characteristics of what a true king, how a true king operates and the primary characteristic that we find in that particular scripture is he's not about himself. It's always, it's always, it's always about the people. He don't, he don't, re, he don't, uh, he don't do economically. He don't think about himself. Militarily, he don't think about himself. Socially, he don't think about. It's always for the people, and he has a connection to the people that's unbreakable. And God says that's why God says this: when you when you put a king over you, it's got to be one from among you. Mm-hmm. Can't be a foreigner. Mm-hmm. He's got to know you. He's got to be a part of your culture. He got to be a part of your your society. He's got to be a part of your life. So God has established the order by which, uh, or the function by which kings should operate. But we don't have that in politicians. See, Jesus came as a government official as a true king with the people in mind. And that's what a true king does. 
the true king has the heart of the people, has the mind of the people, specifically the economics and the health of the people. Everything he does, all of his poli policies center around how to care for the people. Mm -hmm. And until we get a true, you know, politician, I use that word lightly, or, or, or government official that has that mindset, then we're going to always be playing these political games. So I have a question. Um, there's, I, I had a conversation. It was kind of a chicken or egg sort of um, conversation that happened, and, and it, it dealt with the leadership of the black community, right? Um, we, we touched on um, the plan that um, Sean Combs, Puff Daddy. Oh, Puff, okay. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Um, we we discussed that plan a little bit, and and um, the the gentleman I was speaking to uh, felt differently. He felt that it was more of the onus on uh, on creating the change started with the black community developing uh, the ability to follow a leader as opposed to us needing a leader to follow. That was kind of my stance. We need someone to be in position for us to put into office for us to begin to support and follow. Right. And, and he felt like there needs to be a fellowship, you know, first before we put someone into place, because if we just put a leader there, then no, who, you know, how, what's to say that I we're like your actually, better. I like putting a leader in place. They'll follow you. They'll follow. Right. I think that's how if, it goes. If it's, if it's a leader that, that what if God, what, what if God would have waited to the world got him ready to follow Jesus? And say Jesus? That, that's what I'm, and that's where I was coming from. Is this person saved? Yeah. Well, they don't think right. <laughs> they need their mind need to be renewed. That's the problem. <laughs> their mind need to be renewed. Like why he you thinking like that? Simple answer, huh? It's simple. simple. His mind need to be renewed because if God just you you have to be able to whatever whatever principle whatever thought you're trying to establish you have to run it through the word. You got to filter through the word. What if God had to said, "No, gee, we're not gonna go till they're ready to follow you." Mm. We all be sick still. That that's just that's how it's simple. Right. What if God would have said, Jesus, we're going to wait till they're ready. We're going to wait till they can get themselves a little bit better. Then we'll send you. No, you establish a, you put a leader up there. And the, and the, the power, the authority, the, charis the charisma that that leader has, people will be drawn to. And they'll follow. The honesty, the truth, the integrity that that leader has, they'll be drawn to that. The God-likeness that, that that leader will have, they'll be drawn to it. And that's what it is. You don't, you don't wait till the people get right. How you going? We be waiting around all year long. We be waiting forever. That's a fact. You know, so that, that's how you, you know, you people got to, mind got to be renewed. And that's the issue. I think you, you said you had an issue when it comes to folks. I, I just, in it, the book. it, it, I brought, it what perturbs if I brought me. Some out in the book. It perturbs you, me. It, you did. And I love it because when you were talking about drawing people, so the thing that would draw us is meat, not milk. Right, yeah. right. And I right. feel like there's people still giving us milk when we're already saved. It's like, we got it. And, <laughs> and now, in the book, specifically, yes. it talks about, listen, if you receive salvation, after that, you don't need to hear about being saved no more. You need right. to hear about how to work out your Thank own you. salvation after that Thank point. You. No, I think yes. what I'm going through, I know what it was. One of the things that is the role for the black church. That's what it was. The role for the black church is one of the things we need to do is focus more on teaching and empowering and equipping and equipping uh, the black the black leadership. I mean, the black believer more than it is. You know what our church is about. Come on, I mean, if we generally speaking now, you got some folks that you know that got teaching that you know focus on discipling. Discipleship mm -hmm. is the key. Mm -hmm. But generally speaking, for the most part, we are entertainment oriented. Man, get up there and make me feel good. Right. Let me cut the rug a little bit. I wish I can get up here. I ain't got no room to cut the rug. <laughs> get, that's what we're about. 
I mean, I mean, the reality of it. I mean, I mean, you gotta let Brother Allen show you how they used to entertain folk. Oh, oh man. throw the handkerchief up and spin around <laughs> and catch it under their leg and behind their back, all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's about no, it's really been about yeah. entertainment, and 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 it is is getting better. It's getting better. We have more um, ministers, black ministers, be, being teachers now and understanding that listen, it's not about it's not about me getting up here to hoop and to holler and to jump and to dance. But it's about, you know, and listen, I'm a worshiper. So I mean, I worship and I'll sing. I can sing all night long. I worship hours. I'll just let one song, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That's, not, <laughs> that's not the issue. <laughs> the issue is when it's time to worship, it's time to worship. It's time to get excited. But when it's time to sit my behind down, break out my pen and my paper, take some good notes, and then go home and meditate on what I'm sa- what's being said to me so God can feed it to me like he fed it to the preacher. Then that's what it's about. It's time for that. As black America, that's what I said. Once we get saved, I don't need you to hoop at me no more. I don't need you to talk about me getting saved no more. Mm-hmm. Teach me how to work out my salvation according to Philippians, the third chapter, the 20th verse, with fear and trembling. Because I want to experience what salvation is intended for me to experience. And that's really what it comes down to. And here's a prime example of that. Well, the, the need for that. So I just found out, found, found out today that... Uh, in New York state, at least, um, if you are receiving assistance from the government, you can, you qualify for the unemployment. I didn't know that if you were receiving assistance and you're, you're a mother with children, you qualify to get the unemployment. Even if you haven't worked in the past, I think it's three to six months or something like that. Right. And so What's happening now is there are opportunities for people in in these unfortunate situations to get, um, you know, spiritual guidance and things like that through through programs that that um, that that we're involved in. Right. And they are opting out of that for the sake of getting this unemployment (laughs) because it is more than what they would get (laughs) if they were staying under that guidance. Right. Right. And so the ultimate point is. People are always going to choose to be able to provide, no, to be able to afford, to be able to 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 purchase. You know what I mean? To 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 be in their mind more prosperous than the 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 milk message of God wants to transform you. He loves you. <laughs> yes, yes. But like I said I'm last week, how am I going to take? five dollars and turn it into five million that that is the bottom line for anybody who doesn't know already what salvation is man the greatest manual we've been given on how to become wealthy is the word of god it's the it's the emphasis it's the emphasis the the salvation is the emphasis on wealth creation and health maintenance those are the two promises god gave abraham listen i'm gonna make you wealthy and i'm gonna keep you healthy he gave the same promises to, to the nation of Israel. He gave the same promises to Joshua. He gave the same promises to Noah. He gave the same promises to Jesus. He gave the same promises to us as the believers. It is, it is about making you wealthy and healthy. That's what it's about as a nation. And so we have to, we have to, we have to be able to um, understand those things. We talked last week about building what God's way. Mm-hmm. You asked me about that. That is, that is a brand that we're launching that's going to empower God's people to build wealth, to uh, make, manage, and multiply money to know how to market and, and establish and be, become entrepreneurs that God wants us to become. That starts with the believer. That starts with, with how God wants us to live in salvation. So um, th- that's all a part of what the black church needs to be doing. And one of the things that I want to emphasize today um, is the role for black America in general and the role for the black church in order for us to come into the reparations that God desires for us to have. 
what we need to be doing. One of the, uh, the Lord spoke to me out of Psalm 133, and I want to read Psalm 133. It talks about uh, the song of degrees of David. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard that went down to the skirts of his garments as the dew of Hermon and as the dew that descends upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. And that scripture came to me as I was writing the book, uh, as it pertains to the role for black America and the black church, as far as us doing what God would have us to do in order for us to receive what God wants us to receive. One of the first things that I, that I saw there is um, the, the unity. And, what, and we have to unify. We talked about that. That there has to be a level of unity. And, and once you begin to come together, and once the unity come, begins to flow, now you have the, the characteristics. He says, he says it like this. It, it is like when, when we unify, when we come together, it is like the precious ointment. Speaking of the anointing. Well, we know from Isaiah 10, 27, that the anointing is designed to remove burdens and to destroy yokes. It says the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. The yoke of economic depression, the yoke of poverty mm -hmm. will be broken because of the anointing. And, and the anointing, and when you think about the anointing, so, so you know, we got this thing, you know, where we want folks to run up on us and, and slap us across the forehead and put some oil on our back. And, you know, that's the anointing. No, 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 no. <laughs> the anointing, the idea of the anointing is an inner strengthening, an inner development. The idea of the anointing is when you had two animals yoked together. Right. They would have they would be there would be an older one and there'll be a younger one and they would put these harnesses on them. Right. And as the younger one grew to become as strong as the older ox, the yoke that they would put on him, he would eventually become so strong and so powerful that he would burst the straps on that anointing. So the idea of the anointing is as I feed myself the word of God, as I get stronger, as I become more wise, as I become more intelligent, as I become more more mindful of doing the things that God would have me to do. I, I break off any yokes that's upon me as the black America comes together and we unify and we get stronger. We bring our resources together. We bring our wisdom together. We bring our intellect together. We bring our powers together. We bring it all up together. Then the yoke of poverty and the yoke of disenfranchisement and the yokes that's been upon us for all these years, boom, it, it bursts off of us. Mm -hmm. But where there's no unity, that's not going to happen. Right. We have to unify. Then they can't just say to us whatever they want to say. Mm. Because guess what? You start talking silly, give me my 45 million votes. Mm. Right? I just heard today that um, I think it was Linda B. Johnson when he was president. And you had Brother Malcolm, uh, Malcolm X, talking to him about, listen, you, step, you better stop acting foolish, my man. Or you're going to, you going to, you going to, because at the time, what happened at the time, the Democrats was getting all of the black vote. And, 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 and Mal Brother Malcolm was going around saying, saying they playing us, y'all. They playing us. Right now, this man was a known racist. I mean, he, he was a known racist. But he signs, he signed, he put some policies in place that, that helped black America. Mm. Because black America, because he had Malcolm going out there, and, he, and Malcolm had a huge following. He had yeah. Malcolm out there talking about, listen, they playing with us. If they don't stop playing with us, then we're going to do this and we're going to do that. Well, that struck enough fear in him, even though he didn't like black folk. I mean, he didn't care. It was known. Wow. Didn't like black folk. He still put some policies in place that help black folk. Right. So we, we, that's what we got to do. That anointing, we become so strong, it breaks the yoke of white supremacy. It breaks the yoke of poverty. It breaks the yoke, right? And that's what Psalm 33 brings out. Then it talks about it, that it ran down upon the beard, and then it went down upon the skirt. That, that talks about it, eventually the anointing works its way through the entirety of black America. Now we got a nation that's just anointed, that's just gifted. And it says... Um, 
it is as the dew of Hermon. Dew represents the, the might to produce, right? So the, the dew would be like what comes on the grass to cause the grass to grow, mm-hmm. right? So the dew of unity. So when we all come together and we unify, there's an anointing on your life. There's an anointing on your life. There's an anointing on my life. Now we can all intertwine those anointings, and that makes us stronger. That call, what you have causes me to grow. What I have causes you to grow. What you have causes us to grow. So that's what it's talking about. That, that, that dew that comes from unity will cause the nation to grow as one. This is what black America has to do. We have to come together. We have to unify so that the do that causes a nation to be productive will increase on in our life, right? And then it says, as the do of Hermon and that descends upon uh, Mount Zion, for there the Lord commands his blessing. Now, I'm in the process of studying out right now the difference between the blessing and the commanded blessing. There's like three or four places where God says, if, if you get this stuff right, I'll command my blessing to be. My initial thought right now is nothing can stop you now. That's unstoppable. I don't care what they try to do. I don't care who try to stop you. I don't care what they put in front of you. When I command my blessing on something, listen, I don't care how bad they mess up. I don't care how bad you don't want them to have it. They're going to have it because God commands his blessing on them. The Bible says, man, where there's unity, where there's, where there's, where there's oneness, where there's the do, where there's an anointing, but with this uh, uh, a nation that's together, man, right there, man, ain't nothing they can do with it. I'm going to command the blessing on them. And one of the things that God showed me that we have to do as a nation, our responsibility is to unify. We have to unify. And there's some specific things, some specific things we have to unify on, but the greatest challenge for us, like you said, man, black folk, if you get, you get folk thinking like your friend, they sitting back <laughs> waiting on somebody to come along, you know, or they sitting back there. Or they sitting back there saying, well, I ain't going to follow, you know, whatever they're saying. But that's, that's an issue. We got to get that fixed. I think, I think all of that starts with the systems that have been in place for, for decades. You know, ultimately, when you, when you think about how the black home has been taken apart, mm. it's a mm. systematic thing that, that was put into place for a reason. It was part of a plan. When you can destroy a home, well, first, in order to destroy a community, you have to destroy the home. If you're going to destroy the home, you have to you have to remove what the head first, Absolutely. right? Mm-hmm. Take the head of the household out of the house. Now you have dependency, desperation, all of these things that go into poverty, right? right? Yeah. Men have nowhere to stay. Let me let me show you how. Let me read some how right you are, brother Amos. Let me read the scripture. I got a word. We got a word. We got a word. We got a word for everything. We got a word. Listen, we got a word for everything. Mark's gospel, the third chapter. I think it's 27 verse. Let me find it. Let me read this. Let me watch this. We got a word for everything, right? It says, now they was talking about Jesus. They was talking about uh, Jesus Jesus casting out devils by the prince of Bel- by Beelzebub, by the prince of devils. They say, and Jesus hit him with this. He said, listen, he said, he said, if a kingdom be divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. If a house be divided against itself, the house cannot stand. It says, if Satan rises up against Satan himself, he divided. He cannot stand, but hath an end. He says, listen. No man can enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods except he first bind the strong man. Then he can spoil his house, as you just said. First thing, we got to get the man out. We got to get the man out. So they put a welfare system in place that says, if you got a man in the house, you can't get this welfare. So what we do, bro, you got to go. (laughs) Bro, you got to get out. Take your ring with you. Yeah, you got to go. <laughs> For real. You got to go. No, that, that's the issue. They, the, you got to first bind the strong man. Mm-hmm. 
and this whole national movement against men and to deal with men to put men in incarceration and to put men out on the street with nothing. It's all about if I can get the man, if I can bind the strong man, if I can get the man out of the house, I know I can do with him whatever I want. I can spoil him now. And that has, that's what the systemic racial policies that's put in place does. The first thing they had to do for black America, and that's what the first thing they do in slavery. Well, they, they, they took the man out of the home, mm-hmm. right? They put him out the stud. Just make babies. Don't worry about taking care of them. Just make them. Mm-hmm. Just make them, right? And then we're going to put them in the fields, right? Don't worry about being a father to them, you know? Don't worry about loving them. Don't worry about loving a woman. Don't worry about being emotionally attached to them, right? That all started with slavery. If we can first deal with the man, mm-hmm. now we can spoil them up. And that's what's happened. Well, now, how do you feel about a lot of, I, I feel like I've seen black women rising, women of color, I should say, rising right. all over the place. Do you do you feel like that's something that that God is doing where it's like, okay, I don't know where my men are or how they're being pushed out of the homes that God is actually rising up women to take, to take that voice? Or do you feel as if women are like, this is what I have to do because there is no right. man? Well, I think it's a combination of both. First and foremost, we got to understand that the, the Bible says that he created them male and female. Like, I'm not one of those preachers that think, you know, women got to be down here and the men got to be up here. No. Right. He made them, he made them, he, man is a combination of male and female. Like, they, they, they were designed to walk in authority together. Mm-hmm. Now, I do know, understand that there's, a, there's a, um, a structural difference, you know, for the sake of dealing with confusion, but at the same time, like, like the scripture in the Bible says, it says uh, Ephesians the fifth chapter, submitting yourselves one to another. Right. Like I'm just as submitted to my wife as my That's wife right. is submitted to me, right. right? It's just the form is different, yep. right? It's just the form is different. But the point is, God uses women. He uses women in leadership positions. He uses women to accomplish things. He uses women throughout the scriptures. He uses women to get mighty, get great things done, right? So I think it's a combination of both to be direct about the question. I think it's a situation where, you know, there are certain women that God would use regardless mm. to raise up, to be a particular voice. But there's, there's an absence of leadership from the, from the man or from the, from the male perspective. And he's raising up women he's re- and he's using women in spite of, or because of that as well. So I think it's a combination of both that, uh, you know, I, I believe in strong, I mean, I mean, y'all know I got a, I got a strong black woman. I got a woman that, you know, <laughs> yes, she, you do. she feel the heartbeat. Yes, right? she will. Right? <laughs> so that, that's not the issue. The problem is, the problem is, you know, you, you have to, you have to, you have to be able to um, understand the whole, the, the whole dynamic of it. Like, like, like God, oh, man, God uses women in, in, in the heartbeat, you know, but I believe the divine order is for the man to bear the brunt mm. of that, is to be the masculine, the, the, the tough, the vicious, where, the, you know, there's a difference in masculinity and femininity. Mm. You know, the one thing that I don't, I don't really like to see is a masculine woman. Like, you can be a leader as a woman, but you ain't got to be masculine about it. Right. You can still be feminine. Mm. You can still be a woman about your leadership. Mm-hmm. Like, you can still be that, you know. So um, that's why I think um, Michelle Obama demonstrated that in a very in a very good way. Yes. I mean, she, you can see she's very strong, but she's yes. still a woman. That's right. Like she's still a woman about it. So I think we have to we have to understand that when it comes to God and how God uses people and what God does in situations. Because God is if he's for somebody, he's gonna find a way. I don't care who it is. But you if, if, if you first bind the strong man, now you can spoil everything. What you brought out was one of the things the Lord gave me as far as what we need to unify on, and that's domestically. 
we need to we need to we need to unify on the structure of the family unit and the function of that unit. We need to unify on that. We need to as black America, we need to emphasize, listen, we're going we're going to we're going to focus on on building strong families. That means if we got to go if we got to develop organizations, if we got to go to the churches, we're going to talk about what it means to be a man and what it means to be a father, what it means to be a husband. You know what it means to lead your family out of poverty and into things. We got to first focus on that. And instead of binding the strong man, we got to loose him. What did Jesus say when they had Lazarus bound up? He said, loose that man and let him go. Free him. We got to free the man. We got to loose him first. First thing we got to do if we're going to build our families, we got to loose the man, right? I was talking to a brother of ours that we know that's in prison, and we were talking about the, 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 the evil, wicked structure of the prison system. Like, right now, right now, they should be preparing him for when he gets out. He works right now for less than a penny. It's like a fraction of a penny they get, and they're making parts for Walmart, and Walmart's selling them us for $25. Mm-hmm. They're making them for a penny, two pennies, two cents, right? They pay them $5 a week or something, something silly like that. By the time a person gets out of prison, they should have enough re- reserve to when they come out, instead of giving them $40 in a bus ticket, they're able to give them $4,000, depending on how long they've been in there. Right. And, and, and he's able now to come out and get them a place, maybe able to come out and start his own business, mm-hmm. depending on how they do it, but they don't structure like that. The point is, we need to loose our man and equip our man that he's ready to go out there and, and lead his family and be a businessman and bring to his family what they need. So uh, instead of binding them as he's been, we got to loose them. Part of that is the domestic side of repairing the structure of our family. They, they've been destroying it since slavery, mm-hmm. right? So domestically, it's something we definitely have to, we have to unify on and get right if we're going to see black America coming to who God intended for us to be. And I think, I think it's in the name. I mean, when you think about the, the definition of incarceration versus rehabilitation, I mean, honestly, Good point. you know, they're, they're, that's what needs to take place in, in these facilities. You know what I mean? You send people away to repent, so to speak, right. return to the original way of thinking, right. Right. follow the laws <laughs> of the land, right? But after that, if, if they are not rehabilitated, they're going to repeat that action, right? right? So right. all you're doing is prolonging someone's and, and really making the behavior worse because I, listen, I have a family who is very good at criminal activities, <laughs> okay? So so right. I used to hear from their friends all the time. You go in, it just makes you that much better at what you did to get in there in wow. the first place because you learn all the tricks of the trade. There's so many people in there that are lifers that can give you the game, right? So from, from that aspect, how, how, how are you really creating and, you know, creating opportunities, like you said, for these guys to come out and, and be better? And I, and I think the other side of this, too, is it, it, as far as the community structure, there's there's not enough in place right now where black neighborhoods can be successful. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Good I mean, point. that's where Great all point. the highest crime rates are. They they pack people in those areas, low rent. It's all on purpose. I mean, right. if you oh. look around the city, yeah. Yeah. you know what I mean? Even on the, on the west side of Buffalo now, if you drive down Niagara Street, condo, 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 condo all these brand new buildings, the mental atom is now full of condos. Right. Right. And, and, and these are beautiful buildings. That they can't that they will never be able to see the inside of. <laughs> right. right. The idea of it, the idea of it, as you said, is to is to keep that population disenfranchised. Yeah. Is to keep them uh, national. You said you said uh, you said from a community standpoint. One of the things that came to me was on a national scale, right? We we need to we need to unify as a people. We need to come together and we need to have a sense of pride and a sense of dignity 
about who we are, mm -hmm. right? We don't have communities. We have neighborhoods. And the difference is a community is, uh, is filled with not just people living in houses, but it's filled with businesses as well. Grocery stores and, and you know, restaurants and, yeah. and you know, uh, Shopping malls and stuff. That, so we, you go, you go through the city. You don't, you don't see that. You don't see that. And if you do see them, it ain't black owned. Right. Right. So what we have to do is we have a, we have to develop a sense of national pride about who we are as black people, mm -hmm. about who we are as black Americans. That's who we are. Right. And 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 the and the exceptional. Um, I love I love what Dr. Carla Anderson um, uh, brings out about black folks are an exceptional people. We're an exceptional people. Like we were, we were designed to do great things. Like like the stuff we've we've been able to endure and overcome, and we're still here because if they would have had their way, oh, yeah. they, they would they would they would obliterate us. They'd wipe us off the earth. Yeah. Like we wouldn't be here. Like like Ku Klux Klan and and Margaret Sanger. Like those were like 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 organizations that wanted to annihilate black folk. Right. Right. But 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 God wouldn't allow that. We're still here. Yeah. We're still here because we got a purpose. We got a God ordained purpose to establish some and do some great things in the land, and we got we have to be able to recognize that. Like them. You know, um, uh, one of the things I found out is, and I think I might have started talking about this, but Europe, Europeans hijacked everything. They even hijacked the gospel. Yeah. And, and they, had, they, they created a black Bible, a slave yes, Bible. Yes, I wanted you to go into that right. last they, week, they, actually. Right. They created yeah. a slave Bible. Where they, took out, they took out all of the, all of the scripture that deal with prosperity, all of the scripture that deals with overcoming, all of the scripture that deals with being who God wants you to be. And, and they left in there for black folks the scripture that's talking about being obedient to your slave masters and not worried, not getting your prosperity on this side of heaven, but getting it on the other side of heaven and, and, and not being worried about what you're going to wear and what you're going to eat. You know, they took all those scriptures and they twisted all that stuff up. They hijacked everything. And now you got black folks talking about, oh, that's a white, that, that, that's the Christianity is a white man's religion. Guess what? They're right. The version we have, mm -hmm. the version we've been listening to, yep. but if you look at the real, you look at the version that God gave us. It ain't a, it ain't a white man's religion. It's it's black. The Bible is a history, a black history book. I mean, I can go through a, a, a list of people that God used that were black. Like that, you'd be like, whoa! Like like we'd be surprised that there was black leadership in the, at the Church of Antioch, right? You'd be surprised that there was that there was black leadership from from Genesis to Revelation, right? So I went into the whole history of how they've proven scientifically where the Garden of Eden was and how you had to have that Adam and Eve was black. I mean, we went in, they've already proven all those things. But the point that I want to emphasize is there's a national pride we should have mm -hmm. as, as black believers and non-believers. Mm -hmm. We need to come together and have a unity that, man, we are somebody. That, that we, aren't, we aren't second class. That we aren't, we aren't inferior to white men and white folk. That black folk can be just as great and, and do great and mighty things beyond even what white America has accomplished. Mm -hmm. Like Egypt was the first, like Moses learned how to, how to create a nation with Israel from Egypt. Mm -hmm. The Bible says he was learned in all the ways of Egypt. God put him there for a reason, mm -hmm. right? So that's it, the community. You know, we got to have a sense of pride about who we are and dignity. And we got to stop hating on each other. We got to stop killing each other. We got to stop running on each other. We got to stop, you know, doing all the things we do to each other. We got to stop inflicting and hurting each other, right? So that, that's what that has to happen. That's part of it. We have to do that if we're going to be the nation God has called us to be. And, and, and until we have that sense of community and not a neighborhood but a community, right, right then we'll become what God wants us to become. If it don't, if it don't happen, man, it's going to be tough, sis. It's yeah. Be tough.
Yeah, I saw, and I'm pretty sure both of you have seen this, where they have little black girls, and they they ask them like, which which doll is is the smartest? She oh, has a white, yeah, right. So even I mean, well, it's, and, it's, and that's where the domestic part comes, because when you create families that are that we're able now to train and teach um, our our children, like like with Ray and and, and Allie, I'm like like because of what y'all know now. Y'all can start. I mean, I, I expect Ray to know to know mm. what a dividend is. And I expect Ray to know how to develop a business plan and all that stuff by the time he's 12 years old. Yeah. He's gonna know all that stuff. He's gonna know what it, he gonna know how valuable he is. He's gonna know how much God values his life. He's gonna understand that. Mm. See, as a nation, we gotta understand that God values black life. Like that goes into the, the organization we've started called We Value Black Life. God values black life. God gave his life. Listen, God, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Listen, that included black folk. Right. So we got to recognize that we got to understand that that just because a white man don't think we're superior or we're just as good equal to him. That don't mean God think that some folks think because a white man think that God think that mm, that ain't right. what God think. Right. He values black life. He gave his son for black life. Right. I, that, I personalize everything. Right. He gave his if it's just if it was only me on this planet as a black man, Jesus was coming. For D. He was coming for D. He was coming. He was coming for Ivy. He was coming for A. He was coming. If it was just, if we, if it was just, just you here, he was coming. Like, that's how we got to think. Right. If it was just all black folk on the earth, he was coming. Right? Yeah. Man, that's Ooh, how we that's just think. like your song. What? <laughs> they don't know it. People punks don't know it. Oh, folks don't song. know it. He is oh. Hermes is music. Hermes yeah, yeah, yeah. Music. I can't think of a verse off the top of my head, but it's, it's your love, your love song to God. Oh, the the one that uh tomorrow? Yeah. Oh, what is that? What is the name? Even of that song? if I was the only one here, you still come for me or something. And he uh, sings it so beautifully. Oh, does, oh does, my gosh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Y'all gotta yeah, yeah, hear yeah. him sing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna have a sing one day. I'm gonna have a sing one day. Oh, we're gonna have Aaron missing it. And so that no, 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 he'll hit all the notes. It would be much more entertaining if Demira sang it. It would. It would. Actually, we might have to see that. Yeah, about that. Only time I'm saying is when the mics are off, <laughs> or or when we leave the the, the video chat on after service, yeah, 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 and, yeah, and yeah. folk in the background singing their heart out. <laughs> no, man, it's, 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 we we have to have that. If we don't if we don't get that, if we don't get to the place to where we have communities, then we're gonna struggle. You know, we're gonna struggle, and we just we gotta get beyond the struggle. That's it. This was good. This was good. I love the I love the the unity talk, and I even love how you even said that there's a difference between community and neighborhood because I'm right. pretty sure people don't even have that mindset right. as mm -hmm. well. well. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you. I, I've learned so much from Dr. Claude Anderson. Like, if you don't know who Dr. Claude Anderson is, then you need to YouTube him. This man has dedicated the last 60 years of his life mm -hmm. for Black America, and he has a plan. He's very popular now. He has a plan. Uh, Ice Cube went to him for his plan. Right. You know, got a lot of lot of um, uh, people who are reaching out to him who wants to know that what does black America need to do. Right. And so he ha he actually has what he calls his five story building where he deals with uh, economics, politics, the courts, media and then education. Those are the five things he thinks black America needs to focus on. Right. We need to focus economic group economics. We like we need to come together and say, listen, we're going to come together economically. Right. Then he talks about. Then you can once you get an economic base, now you can go buy your politicians. You ain't got to I ain't got to play with you. Listen, what's it gonna cost? Yeah, because they 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 move with money, yep. right? Yep. Then, then you got then that's when you get your politicians. That's when you can affect the policies in the courts, 
right? You got to do it in this particular order. Because if you ain't got no money, you ain't buying no politicians, then you ain't getting no laws changed, mm-hmm. yep. right? Then he talks about now you got to take over the media because you got to have a, me- a method to get the message out to all of black America. Right. How are we going to get the message out to all of black America? You got to have a media outlet for that. And then you can focus on education. I mean, quiet as it's kept. Black folk are educated. Like, like, you don't need to even go to college anymore. You can go online fact. and learn everything you need to learn. Yep. That's so the fact. education piece, I get it, but it ain't as important as it used to be. Mm-hmm. Right? I get it. We, at one time, the folk wouldn't even let us read a book. Yep. <laughs> but now, you can get access to all the books you want. Google University. Right. You can go. Right. right. So it ain't about education more than it is information. Mm-hmm. Right? I need information now more right. than I need an education. Give me some information. Yep. Right? I'm not caught up in it. And, and, and it's no knock against, you know, our civil rights activists that paved the way for us today. But that was then. Like, it was a fight for education because they wouldn't let us in school. Right. I get that. I, at that time, that was it. Mm-hmm. Great. I'm with you. Praise God for you. But now it ain't about fighting for education. Like, I, we, got, we got numbers and stats that show you right now that black folk are probably just as much educated as white folk. The pay is different, though. Way different. <laughs> they, pay, I mean, they, they say right now, uh, his name is William Darity, an, an extremely wise man. Um, but he, he's, again, devoted his life uh, to black America and, and, and closing this wealth gap. But he says a, a black man or black person with a, um, a doctorate degree makes less than a white person with a bachelor's degree, something like that. A black person with a bachelor's degree makes less than a white person with a high school diploma. So he breaks down all of those numbers, and you want to know that stuff, you know, I'm, my, my forensic focus has been the Word of God. They, a lot of them focus on a lot of other stuff, right? <laughs> but the idea of that education, is, it's not really about that anymore. Mm-hmm. It's about information, right? If I can get the right information, and it's about relationships, right? If we can make the right relationships, now we can take the information that you have and the information that I have, and we can bring the resources that we have, and we can bring them together, mm-hmm. and we can build wealth. Now we can go buy the politicians. Mm. Now we can go in and, and get some laws and stuff changed. Because mm-hmm. until you get them politicians in your pocket, they're not going to fight for you, right? Then you, can get, then you can focus on media outlets, right? That's, a, that's one of the seven mountains God talks about in the Revelation, the media outlets that make up our culture, and then you deal with this educational part. So we, I mean, that's Dr. Claude Anderson's plan that we have to adhere to. I, I, I believe in it, right? It's, it's biblically based. Right, it's some some similar things that the Lord showed me from a national, domestic, and then economic, and then politically. We have to come together and get those things established, and 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 focus on building those things so that we can build ourselves up as a people, as a as a people group and as a nation. Now we can now we can now we can compete in a competitive society in a competitive marketplace. Now we can compete nationally with whoever white folk. Green folk, whoever, we can compete, mm-hmm. right? We're not, we're not standing on the sideline watching other people play the game, you know? So, and, and that's what salvation is about. Salvation is about um, empowering a people or individuals to be able to win in life. That's the bottom line. Beloved, above all things, I want you prosperous. Mm-hmm. He said, I want, I want you prosperous, and I want you healthy. I mean, above all things means above all things. So that should be the focus. Uh, as we talked earlier about the focus of black leadership in church, man, focus on bi- man, teach my people how to build wealth, man. Teach them how to come out of their poverty. Yep. And so we do that, then we, we're going to be on our way as a people group to get to where we're supposed to be. That's good. That's good. Any other thoughts there, Miss? That's this it. Is good. I'm full again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and, I, and I appreciate the, the, 
um, the input that you guys give me. You know, you 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 draw to me a lot of stuff that that I believe God has deposited. Uh, the book is almost finished. They sent me over a cover today that I didn't really like. So I'm going to tell them we need to make some changes here. We're going to make some changes there, right? <laughs> and then we're going to be finished with about this week. And then and then hopefully within the next two or three episodes, we're able to show and present a finished copy because um, reparations now and why, man, it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to change some minds. It's going to change some hearts. It's going to pierce some hearts. Uh, th- th- there's an anointing on it, you know, and I'm not saying it just because I wrote it, but because, um, you know, these two white men, right, like, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be honest with you. I tried to find black folks to do a project. Uh, they're not out there. Like No, they're out there. Okay. I just they wouldn't call me back. You know, I'm not a known author. Okay. Like, I'm, I'm an up-and-coming author. Like, I had folks say, well, well, you know, send me your manuscript. I ain't never heard back from them. I want black first. I tried to go black first. Mm-hmm. I sent it, like, three or four black folk. They, they, I don't know if they read it or not. But then I'm talking about I send it to, to these folk, and it's like, Oh man, we love this. This is right. This, this you written in. They tell me, tell me how good it was. So right, that's where I'm. That's where I'm at right now, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I'm still going. I'm still going to get with my people, and we're going and we're going to get it out there, <laughs> right? We're going to get it out there. Right? That's okay, because now those those two men are resources. Right, they're resources. And that's don't get me wrong. Right. It's not that, and it's not that we can't do business with white people. Of like, course, no, I mean, right. we can't. It's not, we don't hate nobody. Right, right. I don't like the way you treat me. I don't like the way you've treated me over these last four hundred years. But we don't. We don't hate like black folk are some of the most forgiving people. Sometimes too forgiving. Some of the most forgiving people in, in it is that they say they say one they say um, one of the fears of white folk is if black black America gets up on their feet, then we're gonna do to them what they did to us. Y'all ain't gotta worry about that. We ain't different kind of people. We just wanna right. mind our business. We, we ain't different just kind of people, you know. <laughs> so we we gonna we gonna build ourselves up and we're gonna we're gonna be a model nation um, that God intended for us to be. So all right, I'm done. Okay, and then hopefully in the next two, the next couple of episodes, we're gonna all have our. Oh, we're gonna have some We Value Black Life here. Yeah, we're gonna have some We Value Black Life here. I, I mean, thought I was getting a great hoodie on. I mean, I thought, I thought he was you supposed to give it to you last. Uh, Listen, I I didn't let you do anything. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, you know what I want to mention? I want to mention. Listen, we need y'all to help us promote this. Like, share, like, comment. Like when we post stuff, we post videos. When you watch it, listen to it on podcasts, when you look at it on YouTube. And we need you to help us because this is a word that we believe God, God has for black America. God loves black America. God is focused on black America now. God is going to be sure that black America is reparated for all of the, 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 the oppression that we've experienced for these past 400 years. He is, he is, his heart is set on it. Just like his heart was set on reparating Israel. His heart is set on reparating black America. So we need, but we need black America to hear this and believe this and receive this. So you got to help us promote it. So thank you for joining us. Uh, This is another episode of Salvation Solutions where we believe, we believe, we believe in building wealth, maintaining health, and overcoming poverty. And until next time, be blessed and continue to be safe.